Hey, welcome to Life Church. We pray this blesses you and empowers you for your week ahead. We hope you enjoy this message. worship team again for an amazing uh, like these guys leaders week in week out especially in these summer um, period that we're in guys at the back who serve so faithfully so thank you to every single one of you that um, serve and make church happen because without you we wouldn't be able to do what we do do you agree it's so true and if you are thinking what on earth has Aaron got on this uh, lectern this is a 10 pound Amazon purchase people I love Amazon. Something, like two or three things come a week. It could be something as small as a two-pound thing, whatever it would be, but this is helping me. My mum would say this is stra, which is short for extra, and which means that it's still a little bit over the top, but listen, bear with me. It's helping me so I can see what I'm doing. Is that all right? Thank you so much. Jock and Shirley send their love. They are having some family time together and uh, will be with us again next week. But we all know we need some family time and holidays, so uh, they send their love. And it is a huge privilege for me to um, share my heart and open the scriptures with you today. Um, I don't take this for granted, so I appreciate um, that. And we've been having an amazing uh, few weeks together. A couple of weeks ago, we've had our RN uh, weekend with our Pastor Heron um, and, forgetting his name, Noah Heron, sorry Noah, um, I love you too bro. And, uh, and then last week we had Andy Gamble, which was amazing and uh, which is, we're so blessed, aren't we, to have great people coming to sow into our church together. Um, couple of things, uh, we're gonna start a new series in September. Everyone go, ooh. We have an amazing summer, but we're gonna start a series called Power and Presence. That was good, that was a good response over here, I like that. We're gonna, we'll do it one more time. We're going to start a series called Power and Presence. That's better. You know, as a team, we really felt um, to start September, it's kind of like a, a new year with a school year, et cetera, et cetera. We felt we want to go after God in a fresh way. How many know we need a fresh touch of his presence and his power in our life? We cannot do life without the presence of Jesus. And if we try, we can fail time and time again. But I really believe we're going to have a significant time together in September. We're going to meet with God in a fresh way. We're going to see things that we've never seen before. I believe it. The team are prepped and ready to go. We have written songs for it. I even said this to... Um, Pastor... Um, all these names are forgetting my, my, this morning. Um, Aladaran. James, this is a good game. We can do this all morning. Um, I believe that times of old are becoming times of new. That things of the old, where I was growing up in the AOG church, and I saw things I don't see today. I saw things that I never saw. And this is not my message, so let's just wait for September for that. But I'm believing we're going to begin to see things again. Um, and I'm excited for that. So let's, let's just park that for now, and we can go more into that. Amen. I really believe I've got a word that's going to help us today. I just believe that church is not a place where we just come and play with your feelings and make your emotions feel good and send you on your way. I believe church is a place where we can change and become more Christ-like and to help us and to even to go out there and to become more Christ-like. Does anyone agree with that? Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm ready. 
Do you know that you are creative? Maybe that's a surprise to some of you. Some of you are like, nope, not a creative. That's not me. But you are created by the creator, which makes you creative. Genesis 1 says that God created the heavens and the earth, the creator God. The Bible says that we are made in his image, which means you're creative. For me personally, I am creative through and through. It runs through my brain, my brains and my veins. Right from young, I've been drumming and bashing on things. Music was flowing through my veins and now I've got a son. My dad used to say, Aaron, I pray for a son like you, that he will find anything to drum with and drum around the whole house. And I can tell you, church, his prayer has come to pass. I have a son who is drumming on everything he can find. But yeah, I love songwriting. I love photography. There's so much things. And you might be a gardener. Anyone love gardening in here? A couple of you, you're creative. And accounting, you need to be creative. If you're a mother, you need to be creative. Or the mum goes, amen. But your mind is a seat for creativity. But your mind is also a seat for chaos. And the title of my message, which we're going to open up a bit today, is called... Conquer the chaos. Let's pray. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that as we open up your word today, that our hearts and our minds are open, ready to receive. God, let us not think we know what church is all about and we're going to leave with a nice word, but let us, let us be ready to receive and ready to change and our minds to be changed and our hearts to be changed and find healing in the name of Jesus. And everyone said... One way your mind can be creatively constructive and the other thing your mind can do can be chaotically destructive. The same mind can be constructive and destructive. And we have to manage our mind, otherwise our mind will manage you. What is a thought? Dr. Caroline Leaf said this, a thought is a concept or an idea built through a compilation of memories. The conscious mind constantly thinks, feels, and chooses how these thoughts are expressed internally with oneself and others. Question, anybody here part of the Overthinkers Club? The president we've got down here. If we had to do an experiment here, and I said every single person in this room's thoughts are going to go up on the screen for everybody to see. You'd be like, no, 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 no. That is not, I don't even, I don't even want my spouse to see what goes on that, on that screen. But how many know that God knows every single thought that you have? Amen. He says in Psalm 1 through now that he perceives our thoughts from afar. The, the translation, translation, passion translation says, in, Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You perceive every movement of my heart and soul and you understand every thought before it enters into my mind. He knows every thought that you have, every thought before you even think it, yet he still loves you. Yet his love never changes for you. That's crazy because you know what you think and I know what I think, but yet our heavenly father doesn't change. Is anyone glad this morning that it doesn't matter what we do, say, think, not think? The love of Jesus does not change for you. Your mind matters to God. Say, my mind matters. Say it again, my mind matters. 
Jesus was even crucified on a hill called Golgotha, which means Skull Hill. Which means it was actually, I did a little bit of research in for this message. It's called Skull Hill because it looked like a skull. Which means he died on a hill in a skull shape, which means he died for your mind. He died to give you freedom of thought. He didn't just do it for anything. Our minds are imperative to keep right. It even says 126 times in the Bible about our mind because he knows it is important. Romans 12 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, do not, brothers and sisters, if you have God's mercy, to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper way to worship. And do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The pattern of this world will say one thing. You should do this. You should think this way. You should do that way. But it's time to be transformed, renewed of our mind. We do not follow the ways of this world, but we follow Christ. Now question for you, has anybody ever boarded the wrong plane? We've just come back from a little family trip to Spain. When we were on the, on, the, on the plane about to depart, the captain said, this plane is now departing and its destination is Malaga, Spain. If your destination is not this, please make yourself known to the air hostess. And you're kind of looking around like thinking, is anyone going to make themselves known that this is an awkward moment? If I got on the plane and says, this plane is departing to Glasgow. If your destination is not this, please make your way to yourself known to the air hostess. How many know? we would have been up in a shot. We ain't going to Glasgow, babe. We are going to some sun, some sea, some sangria. We want to go and have a good time. Not, Glasgow's lovely, so if you're from Glasgow, my wife's from Glasgow, so it's a lovely place, I'm sure. But how many know it's going to cost you more time, more energy, more money? Our thoughts are like planes. You can often get on a plane that takes you to a destination you did not intend to get to but you boarded it and you happily sat and said, okay, I'll go Glasgow. I believe some of you have boarded the wrong plane of thinking and it's time to make yourself known to the air hostess. It's time to make yourself known to Jesus. He died for your mind. Do not conform, but be transformed. Some of you have even asked yourself, how have I even got here? Some of you even this morning are thinking thoughts and you think, how have I thought this? Why am I thinking these thoughts? Did the devil put them there? Did Jesus put them there? Did I put them there? No, no, no. You boarded the wrong plane. God is more concerned about changing your mind than he is about changing your life. He's more concerned about changing your mind than your life. Why? Because often our minds and your life will follow the direction of your thought life. Your life will often follow the direction of your thought life. It's a lot harder to live a positive life with a negative mind. (laughs) Your mind can be your greatest strength, but it also can be your greatest weakness. The same mind for creativity can be the same mind for chaos. 
The same mind for me that can write songs and can bring them to this church and go, hey church, hey, I wrote this from a situation that I've gone through and you know, help my mind creatively has done this as a team and we're gonna go help you engage with the presence of God. And the same mind has struggled for years. Church, this, my mind has been a huge struggle for me. And I'm quite honest, I want the team know and our creative team know, I only have one mode, which is honesty. So I will be honest with you and I hope that you receive that this morning for my honesty and vulnerability. But negative and overthinking, fear and anxiety has been a huge challenge for me over the years. And ever since I was young, this has affected me and I have had to really work at this. This is not just an instantaneous thing. I always thought growing up, pastor's kid, my dad came a few weeks ago, as you know, you all love him because you keep telling me every time you see me. Um, it's, a, it's a renewal. It's a daily thing. I remember growing up and I broke my parents' windows handles um, for excessively checking them to ensure they were locked. I used to cross the curtains over because I used to think that someone could see through the little crap. Growing up, fear and anxiety crippled me and putting myself in hospital because of overthinking and taking blood pressure tablets at the age of 21. I believe lies spoken over me as teen that I'm having to deal with in my 20s. For those of you who don't know, I used to live in South Africa. I lived there from age um, 16 to 22. And the church literally teared our family apart. And it almost broke my parents emotionally. There's lots I've seen from church splits, the different things I've gone through. Enough for me to walk away from the church. It's hard for you to hear that. Enough, you know, fair enough. The church should not do this. My dad always says this. In church, you find the best people in the world, but you also find the worst. <laughs> but by the grace of God, I got off the plane. I made a decision not to let it conquer me, but me conquer it. I don't tell you this to make you feel for me or to, to say, oh, this, that, the other, but I tell you because we all go through things. Just because I'm up here and leading and speaking doesn't make me bulletproof. I have a dark, back, dark, dark board on my back like you, because God is, we're on to something. The devil doesn't like it when we progress. He doesn't like when we're advancing the kingdom of God. He doesn't like it when we're moving forward. He doesn't like it when I create a message that's gonna help your thinking because the enemy is having a whale of a time in some of you. Winston Churchill had similar struggles. He called it the black dog. It was a 1930, listen to this, Winston Churchill was a 50-year-old conservative party politician who had been a member of parliament for three decades. He had eventually risen to the position of chancellor. Little did they know how shaky those hands were. For decades, Churchill had avoided standing too close to balconies and to train platforms. He said this, I don't like standing near the edge of a platform when an express train is passing through. I like to stand back and if possible, get a pillar between me and the train. I don't like to stand by the, the side of a ship and look down into the water. A second's action would end everything. A few drops of desperation, Churchill knew it, he named it the black dog. Churchill was a paralyzed by despair and he spent time in bed, had little energy, fewer interests, lost little appetite and couldn't concentrate. Anybody in this room recognize that and can associate themselves with a black dog? I did. Fear can grip you and can try and tell you that you can't get off a plane. In Jesus' name, you can. In Jesus' name, you can get off the plane. 
You may say, Aaron, it's all right for you. No, it's not all right for me. You might say, this is who I am. No, it's not who you are. You've just become that. It is who you've become. But you are greater than the things that you have become in Jesus' name. You boarded the wrong plane. 2 Timothy 1 says this, for God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. He has given you a sound mind. It may not feel like it or look like it, but I have a sound mind. I do not have a spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. And I've got a few practical points that I'm hopefully gonna help you. You can write them down and jot them down however you want to, but I hope it's gonna help you. Number one, it's time to recognize your thoughts. Every thought matters. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish every argument and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take every thought captive, every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We're going to break this up. What is a stronghold? Christian word. Some of you have no idea what it means. What it is, it is a lie that I have believed or a belief system that I have taken on as my own. The devil is a liar. The devil is a liar. He's a father of lies. There is no truth in him. The enemy can knock on the door of your mind and you can choose whether to answer or not. We as creatives, we love to analyze. When the devil gives a thought, we, we just kind of like, oh, is that, oh, is that true? Is that not? Is that me? Is that not me? I don't know. How do, I, do I feel? Is that, you talk to 5,000 people before you come to a final conclusion. Is this is me, not me? Whoa, 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 wait. When the devil gives you a thought, it will lead to temptation and confusion. If you flirt with it, you'll fall for it. It will lead to temptation and confusion. I remember growing up, and trying to hear the voice of God. And I was got my new, I got off my uh, new car. Um, first car I was growing. My parents didn't buy me a car. They were like, you're going to sort, you're going to save up for your own car. I'm going to be doing that to Jackson 1000%. And um, anyway, I saved up for my car and I arrived to church in my new Tata Indica. Um, and uh, some of you don't know that car, but it was, it was my first car. Everyone loves their first car. And so I got, arrived into church, I got through the gate and this one, someone was looking really sweaty walking next to me. I said, oh, I walked to church this morning. Oh, I'm like, at first thought, oh, I need to give my car away. And I walked into church, couldn't worship, confusion, chaos, stress, anxiety, I need to give my car away. I wanted to be so in the will of God. Stressed. Dad, I need to give my car away. What? Don't be so silly. Talk to me. I stressed myself out thinking, that the voice of God was telling me to do something so silly. Now, some of you might come to me and go, yeah, that could have been God. It could have been God, but it was confusing and it was stressful and it caused anxiety. How many know when the, the Lord speaks, it leads to peace, inspiration, life and light. We take every thought captive. What does captive mean? Something whose ability to move, act and roam freely is now limited. Some of you need to take your thought captive. And it says, kept in a confined space. Stop letting your thoughts roam freely. Do not accept the thought, not even one. Don't let one slide. The 1 Peter 5.8 says, be alert and sober-minded. 
your enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour. I'm not here to scare you this morning, but it's good to be aware that the enemy prowls around. He stands guard. So when that thought comes, you choose whether to accept or not. The, thought you, the more you think about that negative thought, the more power you give to it. So what do I do when it comes? I recognize it. I hear you. I see you. But I send you back for where you came from. You are not from God. And I make you obedient to Christ. Some of you need to even say that. I hear you. I see you. I'm not giving you any airtime, And I send you back to where you came from. It's super important. Some of you need to even verbalize it. Number two, fix your focus and feed your mind with truth. Sometimes you can't fix your problem, but you can fix your focus. What's your focus on? Hebrews 12, fix our eyes on Jesus, the pain and perfecter of our faith. Fix our eyes on Jesus. Some of you are so fixated on your thoughts and your situation that Jesus is even going, hello, I'm here. I'm here to help you. Isaiah 26 says, you will keep me in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. The reason I say it is because my grandma spoke that over me. My 97-year-old grandma says, Aaron, as a 14-year-old boy, he said, Aaron, she had no idea what she was saying. But he will keep you in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Keep your mind stayed on Jesus. Fix your thoughts on Him. Fix your thoughts on truth. There is a battle for your mind and whatever has your attention will have you. So keep your mind on Jesus. Philippians 4.5 says this, the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything but in everything. Situation, with prayer and thanksgiving, present your request to God. And Phil set this up so well in our offering. And the peace of God will transcend understanding and will guard your mind in Christ. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is exceptionally praiseworthy, fix our eyes on these things and put it in practice and God of peace will be with you. I kind of went off script there because I've got it in me. <laughs> Think about truth. Practically, some of you need to verbally say that. You're so fixated on what you haven't got that you miss what you have got. God is a God who's entered his gates, what? With thanksgiving, with courts, with praise. Thankfulness can precede a lot of change. So some of you, I want to say thank you for my wife. Thank you for my children. Children, child, thank you for my house. Thank you for the fact I can go on a holiday. Thank you if that wasn't prophetic. Thank you that I'm able to have a time where we can be together. Thank you for my family. Thank you for a great church that my kid can grow up in. Thank you that we've got a great kid's church that he can speak to Jesus and find out about the voice of the Holy Spirit. Do you see how your, your posture can change when you have an attitude of gratitude? Feed your mind with truth every day. Joshua 1.8.9 says, keep the book of law on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Meditate on it day and night. Meditate on the truth. Constantly think about the truth. When you think so much about truth, you will believe it. The presence of God is able to change your mind. So this morning when Isaac and the team were leading us so well, I've never left the presence of God feeling worse than when I entered it. Allow the presence of God to change it. Number three, choose what you believe. It's a choice. You are not your brain. 
You cannot control your brain. You control your brain. Your brain is part of your physical body. Some of you have trained your brain even to a point where you can't even receive a compliment. I've gone to some of you and gone, hey, you look great today. And they're like, oh, no. I haven't washed my hair in days. I ain't slept. I'm like, okay. The last week, the other week, I went, oh, that's a nice shirt. Oh, no, this one's from Charity Shop. Okay. But they're so conditioned to think like, I'm not worthy of this. Didn't ask where you got it from. I said it was nice. I like your shirt. Your response is, thank you very much. Let's do that as a homework. Someone says, I like your top. Don't tell them where you got it from. Thanks very much. Just because you think it doesn't make it true. So don't believe everything you think. I have a real fear for birds. Hate birds, don't like birds. Sorry if you're a birder. I don't go near them. You won't find me at Trafalgar Square. Trust me, you will not see me there. But you can't stop birds from flying over your head. But you can prevent them from pooping on your head. So move. You choose to remain here or I can move. You, che you choose to think the bad thoughts and believe the toxic thoughts or I can move. I choose to stay in the seat to Glasgow or I change my seat to Spain. You choose. We have to move. John 8, 32 said, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Believe truth. Whenever the thought comes out, comes into your mind, don't stress about it, analyze it. Just, just give it to God, present it to God. Don't think too deeply about it for grace covers every thought that you have. Grace covers every thought that you have. What I did when thoughts come to my mind, what I happened, you have, to, you have to almost like arm yourself with scripture. So what I've done is I literally wrote a little card out, um, I wrote a little card with some scripture because when a thought comes and you don't know what to do, because I know I'm not the only one in here, but some of us don't really want to put a hand up and say, that's me. But I know I'm speaking truth this morning to some of you, that when that thought comes and you say, hey, I'm never going to get out of debt, I'm not going to make it, not going to get the job, my kids aren't going to pass, I'm not going to do this, not going to do that. You need to get the scripture out, write them down, what means to you. For the word of God says, alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and scripture marrow. For though we walk in the flesh, we do do not, not war against the flesh for our weapons of warfare are not carnal but mighty for God has not given me a spirit of fear but of love, power and a sign man. Give all your worries to God for he cares about you. Do not be anxious for anything but in every situation present it to God then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You put it in your pocket and you move on. It will help you. The truth will set you free. Some of you need to know the truth today. Oh, the truth of God. When you know the truth, you are not what people have said that you are. Do you believe that you can change? Some of you don't. You've accepted it. Who is the loudest voice in your world right now? Is it your mum? Is it your dad? Is it your teachers? But I've come to realise this over the 35 years, I think I'm 35 next week, one of the 36, 35, work it out. 35, thanks Isaac. The loudest voice is you. Because you need to believe you. 
My dad can say things about you, your mum can say things about you, your auntie, uncle, teachers, but if you don't believe it, it ain't gonna happen. You need to believe it. I was told many things growing up that I wouldn't amount to anything. I believed this nonsense for years. I remember my dad helping me on a daily basis. He put signs up on a wall. When I used to wake up and I used to feel so down, I looked up at the wall and he put signs up there saying, Aaron, you can. I used to walk into the mirror. I used to put on there, you were created in my inmost being. You were perfectly and wonderfully made. Aaron, you are strong and confident. Just to speak truth over me. Because Aaron had to believe Aaron. And you have to believe you. Any parents in here and their kids are struggling in school, please don't give up on them. Don't give up on them. Keep persisting. Keep writing on that wall. Say, hey, Danny, you are this. Chris, you are that. Sophia, you are this. Say, you can do all things. I ended up with GCSEs, L-level, a postgraduate degree because of Jesus and because of Aaron believing that he could through Jesus Christ. Amen. You make a decision and you choose what to believe. Number four, you need to change your confession. Proverbs 18.21 says, the tongue has the power to bring life and death. There is power in your tongue. Life and death. And allow your tongue to breathe life. Speak the name of Jesus. There is power in the name Jesus. Some of you, when that thought comes, you get your, your scripture out as you're going to do, you're going to read it. But some of you just need to say, Jesus. He says, my faith won't move my mouth. But if faith won't move your mouth, it won't move your mountain. As a great man said, church, it's time to open up your mouth. Speak Jesus. Change your I can't to I can. Change your he won't to he will. Change your I am what I am to I am who he says that I am. He says I'm a child of God. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Say it until you believe it. I may not be qualified to get that job, but I'm going to put my best shirt on, spray it on. I'm going to walk into that interview room knowing that I am who He says I, I am. Say, God, I thank you for this job. I'll be on time. I will show up, have a great attitude because it's not about the now, but it's about where God is taking me. You know, it's almost a year since the passing of my mum. In a few weeks' time, so I may cry, but just go with me. You know, in the time where mum went into hospital, I need you to know she was healthy. And seven days later, she passed. And I know you church prayed in that time. But I need you to know, church, that I never prayed so hard. I never spoke in tongues so loud. I never sung louder. I never believed harder. But when she passed seven days, I was so angry. 
I was so fearful, afraid. I was anxious. Why God? Why now? You know the thing that got me off the plane? Me opening up my mouth. Confession. I was leading worship and singing at a funeral. Six weeks later, I was up on this platform leading worship to you guys. And you ask how, why? Because I know there's power when I confess. When I sing. When I open up my mouth. I know my mum would, would want me to do it. I know that he's called me and gifted me to do it. So why don't I do it? So many questions. Why? But he knows what he's doing. I may not understand it, but he never asked us to understand. He tells us to trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your understanding. The very thing I didn't want to do was the thing that caused me to get out of my seat to change a perspective and find purpose. Church, it's time to open up your mouth. Get that bit of paper out of your pocket. Speak those things into being. I remain confident of this as the psalmist wrote, that I will see goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I will see goodness. My God is a good God. Although things might not seem good, He is good. Your mind It's time to give back to Christ. It's time to conquer the chaos. It's time to fix your eyes on Jesus. We have the mind of Christ, church. We have a sound mind. It might not feel like it this morning, but I'm believing for a change in these next few weeks. The daily change, the daily renewal. When I recognize the thought, when I fix my focus, when I choose what you believe and I change my confession. Come on, let's all stand together. Has that helped anyone this morning? I want to read a declaration over the whole church and we're going to read it together. And I want you to have a moment with Christ in this. I want you to stand firm and actually like let the words that you're going to speak, speak into your system, into your brain, into your heart. All right, let's read it up on the screen like old school church. We're going to read together. Is that all right? Here we go. After three. One, two, three. I choose to be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. I put no confidence in the flesh for the weapons of warfare are not of the flesh, but are divinely powerful for the destruction of strongholds. I put on the full armour of God. I choose to stand firm in my faith and resist the evil one. I believe that apart from Christ, I can do nothing. So I declare my complete dependence on Him. I choose to remain in Christ in order to bear much fruit and glorify my Father. I have the mind of Christ. I declare that my mind does matter and I will conquer the chaos by choosing to fix my focus on things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely and admirable. I will continue to speak the truth that I am who He says that I am until I believe it. 
I have hidden God's Word in my heart so that I might not sin against Him. I will look for wisdom as if there's a reward for it. God is with me always. Even to the end of the age, He will meet all of my needs. I choose to change the thoughts programmed in my mind that are blocking me from a better life because Christ came so that I might have a life and have it in abundance. I will not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but I will be transformed by the renewing of my mind. I will refocus my mind with new and better habits. God has not given me a spirit of confusion. God is not the author of confusion. The Spirit of God does not make me timid, but gives me power and love and a sound mind. I will partner with God and actively participate in becoming who He has called me to be. I know God has got good plans for me, plans to prosper me, not to harm me, plans to give me a hope and a future. I will set my mind on things above, not on earthly things. Satan is a liar and the father of lies. There is no truth in him. I will not let my heart be troubled or afraid, but I put all my hope in God who is the saviour of all men. I will not try to please man, but God who tests my heart. I live by faith, not by sight. My faith rests not on men's wisdom, but on God's power. And everyone said, Thanks Amen. For joining us. We pray you feel encouraged by this word. We would love to hear from you. So why not connect with us via the website at lifechurchhome.com or on our socials at Life Church Home. Have a blessed week and we'll see you soon.